You can tell when somebody is overtaken by one of these species because of their eyes. And there's this old saying that says the eyes are the windows to the soul, right? Yes, yes. This is one of the easiest ways that a person can identify if somebody uh, is possessed or um, is inhabited by an extraterrestrial uh, mind or our consciousness or if the person is a shapeshifter is by looking into the the eyes they're able to uh, to tell because it will be off yeah. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على محمد وعلى محمد إذن المهديين وسلم تسليما السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته Thank you for joining me Tiffany Thank you so much for having me So today we're going to have another episode um, due to the requests from the people and also the fact that we had promised that we would uh, dive a little bit deeper into the topic of the angels, demons, jinn, extraterrestrials, and UFOs. Okay. And there's really so much that can be said about it. Um, and unfortunately, uh, for a lot of people, uh, the idea of extraterrestrials, um, even the idea of jinn um, or angels and demons, uh, they are placed in the minds of, of the people in kind of a, uh, a category of fiction, mm -hmm. uh, imagination, made-up stories. Uh, they don't really um, believe in it. Uh, and that is due to a couple different things. One, uh, lack of physical evidence uh, for most people. Uh, there's no uh, governor, governing body with authority in the eyes of the people. Uh, whether it's a, a government or a scientific institution that has officially came out and stated, uh, you know, that they do have uh, evidence of extraterrestrial life and, um, you know, present it to the public in that way. Although there have been and continues to be a lot of whistleblowers that go out in public, um, you know, in news conferences, uh, writing books, uh, abductees, people who have witnessed these things firsthand, uh, they go out and they talk about it. Uh, but yet there's always doubt that's cast on their uh, stories with uh, people that are skeptics. Uh, kind of offering uh, other possibilities to what it is that they saw yeah. or experienced. And so a lot of the information that is present anyway uh, now, um, you know, in regards to jinn, angels, demons, UFOs, extraterrestrials, um, it's information that is based on narration. Yeah. It's based on the accounts of the eyewitnesses. It's based on word of mouth that we have to believe in or not believe in. Yes. All right? Yeah. We have to trust the subjects who are, who are giving these accounts. Exactly. Uh, but, but that's the same with all of religion for the most part. And that's uh, kind of the whole idea behind faith itself is that we are required to believe in the unseen and we mentioned previously that, you know, the very word jinn means that which is hidden. And uh, so, yeah, it falls into that category. And so when we're speaking about it, whether we're talking about what Muhammad and the family of Muhammad have said about it or what's been written about it in religion, um, you know, or in the narrations of the prophets and the messengers, um, this is something that we have to believe in. Uh, it's not something that we can offer physical uh, evidence for. And the same, the same thing for uh, the eyewitness accounts and the testimonies of the whistleblowers who have come forward and they've narrated these things. You also, um, you know, kind of have to uh, believe in their, in their narration. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now, uh, having said that, uh, we have in religion uh, this idea of these aliens and these jinn uh, that are broken down into different categories um, or different species. So jinn is a broad term. And when you look into the narrations of Muhammad and the family of Muhammad, 
when you look into the Arab traditions, because the idea of the existence of jinn predates Islam. The Arabs at that time, they already believed in the jinn. Okay. And uh, they had different categories for them, and their description varies in the narrations. Um, so, you know, there are some narrations that the Prophet Muhammad describes them as being, uh, as being of three different types, a type that flies in the, in the skies, and a type that is black, um, you know, dogs and serpents, okay. and a type that moves around from place to place uh, like humans do. Okay. Okay. So now we get the idea that there are uh, there are jinn that you know are apparently are animals, or at least in the form of animals, or are hacking the consciousness of these animals. Yeah. We know that they are specifically tied to the color black. Yeah. Um, perhaps this allows them the ability to kind of move around. Uh, from place to place without being detected at night and to spy uh, more easily. Um, there are narrations of them appearing uh, in the form of cats as well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not necessarily uh, black ones. Uh, but there is narrations that state that all black dogs, you know, and serpents are from the jinn. Okay, okay? interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. And then... Uh, you know, it's interesting also to draw the parallel between these jinn that are flying in the sky and between the idea of these aliens or UFOs that, that people are always witnessing being in the sky. Yes. You know, and how in Surah to jinn, uh, they're being, uh, you know, uh, attacked by comets and therefore obviously they're in stations in the sky where, where they're, where they're, um, you know, spying, mm -hmm. and between these narrations that state that literally the jinn are kind of like flying in the in the sky. Yes, it's just the only difference is that people when they're thinking of UFOs or aliens, they're thinking of metallic physical, um, you know, vehicles that resemble the vehicles or the type of, you know, metals and things that we uh, make our vehicles from. They they think that the UFOs are also made from similar type substances, whether they are uh, existing on our earth or different types of metals, but they think that it is physical, yes. something that you can touch and feel, yeah. you know, whereby when people are thinking of the jinn, they're thinking of like smoke-like creatures that are flying around or, or uh, demonic entities that are spiritual uh, in nature rather than uh, physical. But uh, we know that these uh, so-called spiritual beings do have the ability to do things and this and their species are broken down even more so you have this species that's on the earth but you also have uh it being narrated in the narrations that some of the jinn they they are living in the water you know or uh, they're divers they are um they can go into the depths of the waters to uh, gather treasures and things of this nature and it makes you think about uh, these legends um, and and mythological creatures that uh, people have described seeing um, in the oceans, whether it's mermaids yeah. or other types of beasts. Uh, it makes you wonder if these people, if all this stuff is just made up stories, or if in fact, indeed, people saw things and they recorded them and uh, you know they didn't know what they were and so they eventually gave them names which is you know these swimming human type uh, yes. people yeah. but in fact it might have been a jinn that you know shape-shifted into the form of a of a human being that's uh, you know as it was like pe peering out to see who it was that's on the oh. ship it sees that they're in human form so it takes the human form so then they see something and they assume it's half fish half human okay. uh, because no human being can be swimming around like that yes. uh, in the sea Wow, that's a really fascinating thing to think about. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but of course, like all of the creatures that that we mentioned previously in our previous discussion, a lot of people think they're mythological uh, creatures. You know, the Pegasus and the Minotaur and the yeah. Well the, well, the thing is, is that there there's some real substance behind this theory because um, when you look into the narrations uh, concerning the jinn, uh, you find that. Uh, these jinn are being described, some of them are being described, especially the ones that walk uh, and dwell on the earth, are being described as uh, having, from their waist down, uh, goat feet. 
Yeah. Yeah. And from the waist up, uh, it's a human, a human form. Yeah. And and we find this already uh, being mentioned in the uh, you know Greek mythology yeah. uh, in the in the form of the pan creature, right? Yes. And so you have this association where the narrations are describing Jen as being uh, from the legs down, um, you know, goat from the waist up, a human being. And you have the same thing being depicted um, in myth. And so you have to come to the conclusion that one of them copied from the other, right? Yes. Either, either, either it is Islam that the Prophet Muhammad is walking around and he's seeing, um, you know, these ancient Greek Roman ruins uh, in the area. And uh, so he sees these uh, depictions of little boys with wings. And then he says, okay, well, this must exist in paradise. And he gives them the title of Wilden Mukhaladun. You know, and then he looks and he sees depictions of this pan creature and he or he's asked about it by travelers. And uh, he says, "Okay, well, these are jinn. And, you know, and and so he's drawing the the Islamic concept of jinn based off of what it is that he's seeing and other parts of the religion. He's taking it based off of what he's seeing or it's vice versa, that these creatures, they really existed uh, the Prophet knew about him. The Arabs knew about him at that time because it's not just the Prophet Muhammad who was describing them in such fashion, uh, but rather there were many uh, people that had encountered them that witnessed this. And also there are Jewish narrations that mention, um, and there are Islamic narrations that mention that even uh, Balqis, um, who was the ruler of there's a, so there's one narration that states that in the time of, of Solomon, you know, he sought to court or wed the Queen of Sheba. Yes. And the Queen of Sheba, her name in Islam is Balqis. Mm-hmm. And Balqis, it states in the narration that when she is brought to or when she travels to uh, and has the encounter with the Prophet Solomon, um, the 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 flooring whereby she's walking on to reach the prophet solomon is made of this substance that acts like a mirror hmm. okay okay and so uh, as she is stepping up to walk on the floor to walk over to, towards uh solomon uh, solomon is able to see the reflection uh, from underneath her dress. And so he can see that she has uh, her bottom half is basically um, goat legs. And so he knows that Balkis is like half jinn, half human being. Wow, that's That's, very interesting. It is interesting. It's a narration. It doesn't mean that uh, this is the commonly held uh, belief in regards to Balkis. Uh, certainly it's not. Most people believe that the Queen of Sheba was just a human being. But the point is, is that this narration exists and that this is additional proof that the, the that hu- alien-human hybrids or jinn-human hybrids are possible. Yeah. And there are many stories about this in the Middle East where, um, you know, People have claimed to have had sexual relations uh, with jinn and even had offspring uh, by them. Okay. Uh, you know, or that, and, and, and most commonly that you have a male jinn that uh, becomes in love with a female and he rapes her at night or tends to uh, molest her. And you have also some narrations, fewer, but some narrations and, and accounts of female jinn that basically uh, torture or rape um, male human beings that they are in love with. And this uh, br- brings to mind the idea of the succubus, right? Yeah. Uh, that we have in, in uh, you know, in narrations about demons that haunt uh, uh, young men and women. Yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah. And then when you take that, and you and you look at what the abductees are claiming. So many of them are claiming that during their abduction, uh, they are being sexually molested. Yes, that's you know? true. Yeah. Or they are forced to have these sexual relationships with, um, you know, these extraterrestrials. You have people from from South Africa, like Credo uh, Mutwa, who mentioned, and that was a very prominent part of uh, his abduction tale that. 
yeah, he ends up having these sexual encounters with these beings. And there's many of others out there who have written books and, and said in their interviews. And uh, all you have to do is make a small Google search and you'll find that there is a, uh, you know, an abundance of these narrations and these tales, um, you know, of sexual encounters between aliens um, and humans and the creation of an alien-human uh, hybrid race. Okay. Yeah, I mean, certainly there does seem to be a, a connection between all of these different stories, you know, from Absolutely. the past and from the present. And then you have also the the whole idea of the uh, of the angels, the sons of God who came down to the earth and they basically multiplied, you know, with the daughters of man because they find they found them to be beautiful. Yes, yeah? yeah. And we have the Islamic tale of Haruta Marut, um, where there's these two angels and they're basically judging human beings, and, you know, and they're like, how can they sin? What's up with these people? You know, mm -hmm. and so God places them in a test and he brings them down to earth. And, uh, you know, they are uh, basically obeying God. And then God sends towards them a female who is extremely beautiful. And she ends up um, seducing uh, these two angels. And, and because now they're, they're on earth, they have to be in human form because the Quran says, and if we would have brought down angels, we would have made them men. Yes. And so when they make the angels men, uh, they, they, they all of a sudden have and are bound by all that which human beings are bound by, including these desires and lusts and all of that. Okay. And so uh, having those lusts and having those desires causes Haruta Marut to end up wanting to win favor with this woman, but the woman is a temptress and she will not um, accept to be with them unless they obey her in certain things. And, and so she demands from them that they, um, you know, that they outright disobey God, that they refuse at first, and then she takes it step by step. And she asks them to do these little things, including drinking alcohol. Once they drink the alcohol, they become drunk and then they fornicate. And after they fornicate, she demands that they kill somebody and then they end up killing somebody. And then Haruta Marut basically become condemned. And the moral of the story is that, you know, angels cannot judge human beings because if they were on earth in the place of human beings, they would have done the same or worse. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, that's interesting. But also it shows that there can be this contact between uh, what we consider otherworldly beings and humans. Yeah. yeah. So it's the sexual contact, yeah. and it's also this is this theme of the presence of extraterrestrials on human soil, right, yeah. on the earth. Yeah, uh, blending in, blending in, uh, appearing as human beings. You know, and uh, and humans not being able to distinguish, um, you know, them from. Uh, other beings, basically. And we spoke before in the Gnostic uh, narrations about how, um, you know, the the angels appeared in the sky to Eve uh, in the form of these lights that were moving around. And she pleads with them to go and form Adam that she had became, uh, she became impregnated by uh, Lucifer, right? Yes. And uh, these uh, light bodies, they travel through the skies, they go to Adam, they inform him. And he ends up going over there. So once again, you have these lights in the sky that, you know, resemble basically UFOs. I mean, that's what people describe when they see UFOs, but in, in actuality, uh, they're, they're angels. Yeah. Okay. So now we have angels, demons posing as, as, as human beings, even in the case of Balkis, uh, as a leader, a ruler, right? Yeah. But actually she's a demon. Uh, or half demon hybrid and you have um yeah so the angels and the demons they're walking amongst us and then you have the extraterrestrial narrative in which people are claiming that they are walking amongst us uh you had this conference uh, that was that was made by stephen greer and uh, he's this doctor that gathered all of these uh, witnesses and because of his position, um, because of the people that he knows, uh, because of his research, because of his, you know, he ends up making a lot of friends and in, in high, high positions within the government, uh, whistleblowers, and then he gathers them all. And basically, they have a conference. Uh, this happened a couple decades ago, and and it just happened again recently, a second one. 
And uh, in that, they testified. They testified to that which they know happened, and they testified to all kinds of things, including the that uh, there are bases in the United States uh, that are underground, and uh, the underground bases are pretty much all you know beneath the entire country, and uh, that the extraterrestrials that come from other planets to visit our planets that they are processed in these uh, areas and sometimes they're captured uh, vehicles are reverse engineered there's exchanges and deals that take place uh, between these creatures one of the individuals said that there's 57 different species of extraterrestrials that are walking amongst us many of them that are indistinguishable in their physical appearance from human beings yeah. and others um, you know with slight disguises um, they are able to blend in while yet others uh, have the ability to shapeshift or project in the minds of human beings um, you know uh, that there's there was there was other witnesses you know and other confessions that came forward that spoke about how um, in basically in area 51 uh, in Las Vegas Nevada uh, this is basically one of the most popular destinations for um, UFOs and aliens to visit because of the uh, because of, of Las Vegas being Sin City uh, and because okay. there's so many uh, different uh, people that are uh, you know enjoying the nightlife and dressing up and shows yeah. and it's the city that never sleeps and and so everybody's either drugged up or drunk and gambling and focusing on distracted by uh, the entertainment and at the same time like you have so many people that are you know wearing costumes yes. and all of these things that it's easy to blend in and so extraterrestrials that come to earth that want to uh, experience the human life uh, they find no better place to do so than at Area 51 where at nighttime they are given permission by the government some of them to dress up um, you know, put sunglasses on, hats on, these types of things, and and to go out and mingle amongst human beings to see uh, what life is like. And uh, one of the guys was uh, that testified. You know, he claimed to be a guard that had worked at one of these U.S. bases, and he said that you know he was involved in the whole process of these extraterrestrials going out and coming in and he called them uh tall whites you know resembling what we have on the screen here except extremely tall basically you know taller than human beings being like six foot something okay uh when normally these are being you know depicted as being three foot something four foot uh, maximum yeah right yeah. you have the small grays and you have the uh, tall whites they both resemble each other but um, you know, proportions different. are different. The yeah. proportions are different. Yeah. I can see how how that would be the perfect place for for them to basically be tourists on our, you know, in our planet. Uh, they could blend in and yeah, experience all that you said. That one of the the most common reasons people uh, or not people, extraterrestrials um, would be interested in coming to Earth is to experience these things. So um, that's a place where you could do so. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so it, it seems when we put these things together, the narrations yeah. and the accounts that are given today, it seems to be describing the same phenomenon. Yeah. And we know also that the angels, they are broken down into different categories. That's true. They are. Yeah. Different species, so to speak. Yes. Ones that are in charge of, you know, overseeing hellfire, others that are in charge of raising prayers, others that are in charge of guarding human beings, others that are in charge of writing down deeds, others that are in charge of bringing down the rain or bringing down sustenance, etc., etc., etc. Right? Yeah. And you have then uh, jinn that are broken down into different species or categories, divers, um, builders. It is narrated also that they built the temple of solomon um and and that's why many people think that um uh, jinn were involved uh, with the building of the pyramids or other structures that are difficult to build because of the narrations that state that they they can build and even the quran uh, makes that clear and and uh, their involvement in the construction and some narrations of the temple of jerusalem and the temple of solomon you know because he was a guy who had authority 
um, over the demons and, and was able to summon them or the jinn for, you know, to work for his command. Yes. Yeah. And then you have the government officials claiming that the extraterrestrials have given them things and built for them things, you know, and, and give them technology and weapons and, and help them achieve, uh, you know, greater things than they were able to achieve with the technology at the time. So Solomon's using them to achieve, uh, you know, feats of architecture that, that he was not able to do at his time with his technology. And you have nowadays uh, government officials saying that we also we can do things, you know, uh, with our current technology, but these aliens are giving us the technology we need to uh, accomplish those things. So it's it's kind of like an exact, you know, one for one, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, it matches. It, it matches completely matches completely. up. Yeah, that's really fascinating. And I, I, you know, I, I never thought of it in that way. But yes, of course, one of the one of the things that you hear about uh, from people who disclose this information is that. Uh, technology has advan advanced because of extraterrestrial uh, contact and uh, that they have brought technologies to us and that's why we have leaped forward in technology. So the fact that there are these stories that exist in religion about them doing the exact same thing or jinn doing the exact same thing and aiding in the building of these structures that, are, that were mysteriously advanced for the time in which they were constructed um, it's a it's very interesting parallel. Yeah, I had many conversations with uh, Imam Ahmed Hassan Islam regarding um, the types of uh, worlds and creatures that exist um, outside of our planet um, and the things which Imam Mahdi Islam had spoken about um, are many in regards to uh, this particular uh, topic. And uh, one of the fascinating things is that um, because when we try to imagine what types of creatures exist out there, um, you can pretty much automatically state that any type of creature that you can think of already exists somewhere. Okay. Okay. Anything you can imagine. Anything you can imagine already exists. All right. So there must be a planet or a world, either in our dimension or in one of the other dimensions that exist. There has to be a place, a world in existence, whether it's in the past, in long gone, or whether it is, um, you know, currently existing somewhere. There has to exist that thing which you think of. So there has to be a place where the Ninja Turtles are real, for example. Uh, there has to be a place where the trolls are real. There has to be a, a world where leprechauns are real. You know, anything that you can imagine, you know, uh, dragons, anything, they have to exist somewhere. And the idea behind that is because human beings being a creature that is limited, do not have the ability to imagine anything that God has not already imagined before. And anything that God imagines comes into being. He creates. Okay. Right? Wow. And so, therefore, all of the ideas that come to us or any other species out there are not new ideas, but rather they are old. Instead of us um, giving birth to new things, it is more like we're satellites that are receiving or pulling from the ether of existence, you know, from the God mind, so to speak, um, you know, images of things that um, already we're detecting images of things that God has already created in another world, although they have different names and they're, they might be slightly uh, different in, in the way that you know, they behave or, or, or speak or whatever else, or their personality or their culture, the image of them or the idea of them, it was already established by God before. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. God is infinite. So how how could a human mind come up with something that God has not created before? It, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. So that's an interesting key that I just gave you and that you should keep with you. And there's, there's okay. another key 
that the Imam had said, and that is that um, any planet at all that exists out there that contains water on it, it automatically has life. Okay? Okay. And so no matter uh, if it's a planet that is, is uh, frozen over, uh, but it's basically like a giant water planet, or uh, it used to have water, or whatever it is, any planet that has water or had water has life or used to be home to life. Okay. Not necessarily intelligent life. Okay. 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 But it has life on there. Okay. Some you form know, of life. Some form of life, even if it's just a simple, uh, you know, microbe or, or germ. Well, so there's much more life out there than, than you know, uh, many people imagine. Yeah. And we've detected many of these planets uh, that have water. We just haven't had the ability to travel to them. Okay. Okay. But if people were able to travel to them, and one day they will, um, they will be able to verify this, and that is that every single planet that has water has life. And that's something anyway that the scientists um, suspect. Yeah. And there's planets out there, the Imam says, that um, are made of precious uh, metals or precious substances. There's planets that rain down diamonds or or, uh, you know, aqiq or other forms of precious stones. Um, uh, there are uh, planets that appear to be empty and that don't have life in there, uh, but actually it's filled with life. It's just from the perspective of the people that are looking at that planet, we can't detect the life on there because we might be existing on a different uh, frequency you okay, know? Yeah. or time is different for us than it is for them so we're not able to perceive them or they're existing on a different um, dimension or uh, wavelength than uh, what we can perceive or tap into okay oh. and that's the case is the same vice versa and the imam says that there's many creatures that pass by um, you know our planet, and and you know one of the one of the things that people always ask is like, okay, well, uh, you know, why are we not bothered more if the universe is teeming with life? And uh, the one of the answers to that is because there's a lot of life that passes by Earth and they can't even see us okay. uh, because and, and and we can't see them. Uh, you know, they can see the planet, but the planet appears differently uh, to them from their perspective or from their eyesight, it appears to be empty because they're just not perceiving this this frequency or this, this wave, wavelength that we're existing on. Okay. It's like a, a television that, you know, um, right now, for example, it has this image on there, but there's also all of these other images that you can access by changing the channel, right? Yes. Or the frequency, the same thing with here on the planet. If you change the frequency, there are many other worlds that are intersecting uh, with this world that we are currently existing uh, in. That's so interesting, Mara. Yeah. It, it also fits with um, how you had discussed uh, jinn and jinn being, uh, having the meaning of hidden. And uh, jinn can exist I mean, uh, without being detected because they're on a different frequency, right? Yeah. yeah. And so we have also planets out there that... Uh, have amazing creatures and and uh, things that um, human beings are unaware of. There's beings that don't res that we would not be able to tell if we traveled there that they are intelligent. Um, for example, uh, the Imam spoke about a particular planet that had an intelligent race on there that were so extremely thin. Uh, that they resembled uh, thread. Okay. Okay. Well. Uh, they were even more thinner than that. And so imagine you go to this planet and you just see all these like pieces of thread uh, that are, you know, blowing, seemingly blowing about or moving about uh, like this. Um, they have their own scenarios. They're speaking with, with each other. They're dealing with each other. But this is just their appearance is that thin. Um, and so you can't really, you just hear these rustling sounds or different weird sounds, or maybe you would even hear a weird, odd language, um, you know, being spoken, but all you would see is these very small, uh, 
long pieces uh, of thread and you wouldn't be able to uh, to tell what is going on yeah you know well. uh, you have also other types of life forms out there uh, that are intelligent that kind of uh, pop out of the ground uh, like plants and their whole life cycle uh, is equivalent to one day of ours you know so they're they're born and then they they raise up and they're communicating with each other and they multiply and there's all kinds of things that are happening and then they die all within the span of one day uh, but for them time is operating differently so so it appears, you know, it feels for them that they're living a very long life. Okay. Uh, but for us, we're perceiving it as one day. So this is also taking place on different planets. Time is affecting different beings in different ways. Yeah. And so they're perceiving things uh, differently. Yes. And then certainly the reverse scenario is also in effect, whereby certain aliens, if they were to come to our planet, uh, because they are operating on a different type of time zone uh you know where time is affecting them differently it might appear to them that our lives are extremely short you know okay. or a day, the equivalent of one day of theirs there's this difference between uh, the perception of time uh when we're talking about uh you know time from a human perspective versus a a different intelligence or creature's perspective okay that's very interesting and so one of the other fascinating facts is that there are millions of aliens that are visiting the earth. And uh, when, when I was asking the Imam about, about what it was that they were doing here, he stated that there are some of them that are searching out uh, technology. Okay, from, from, from this Earth. planet. Yeah, okay. they, they discover the planet. Uh, they decide to come over here. Um, they are looking for uh, things. They're explorers. They're looking for technology. They're okay. looking for, uh, you know, they're scientists, so to speak. Yeah? Yes. They're exploring. Yeah. Others come to the planet uh, in order to cause chaos and havoc. And he also stated that the... You know, a, a very large percentage of the disappearances that um, occur on Earth, these mystery cold cases whereby um, people will disappear and nobody ever knows what happened to them, if they were killed or, you know, if they're still alive. Many of these cases are individuals that were taken by extraterrestrials. They were kidnapped by them. Wow. And the idea of jinn kidnapping human beings is a big one also, and one that the Arabs used to be afraid of and still are today. And there's many narrations that speak about, you know, uh, the Prophet warning people to, you know, close their homes at night and to uh, take certain precautions because uh, jinn are known to abduct uh, humans and take them uh, to their world. And so there's okay. another um, parallel that's drawn there. And the Imam also said that uh, the major reason, though, that these extraterrestrials come to the Earth is that is so that they could experience. Uh, it's for sex, basically. They could uh, have sex with human beings. Yeah. You know, and uh, a lot of them travel here uh, in their native form. Uh, a lot of them travel here uh, by hijacking the consciousness of the human being. Uh, so they're they're wearing human suits, uh, much like in the movie Avatar, where the consciousness is yeah. kind of uh, transported. Yeah, 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 there, except without the capturing of the human body, and uh, uh, the you know or shape shifting, uh, and there are entire races out there that have the ability uh, to shape shift uh, from one form to another. Uh, much like a chameleon does. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes uh, the Imam says the the effects of these extraterrestrials multiplying with human beings are seen in the 
future generations uh, or the descendants of the relationship, the offspring or the offspring's offspring, the children or the grandchildren uh, or great-grandchildren of that uh, that relationship that took place between a human being and a shapeshifter, uh, you know, an alien who had, who had taken on the appearance uh, of a human being and uh, engaged in intercourse uh, with them, uh, this usually manifests at some point with the breakdown of the uh, of the human genes and the appearance of uh, the alien uh, genes, uh, not in a first generation, but usually in a second or third generation, it will appear manifest in the form of some sort of genetic disease. Okay. And so he said that some of these genetic diseases are really not diseases at all, but rather they are the a result of uh, alien human uh, interactions or, or basically uh, yes yeah. Yeah. so it's not some random mutation uh, it's 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 different genes mixing together yeah. absolutely not all of the cases uh, not all of the diseases for sure not yeah. uh, but a small number of them yes and this yeah. is the reason for it okay well, interesting yeah and uh, Imam Ahmed Hassan uh, he also spoke about, uh, and Imam Mahdi spoke about the the different types of aliens um, that had visited the Earth um, before. Uh, one of them are called the Atwir, and they're from a planet called Hulfa, and uh, those are the winged creatures that are uh, that resemble. Um, you know, cows or bulls uh, with human heads, uh, with beards and crowns on them. Uh, they are described as being an extremely nice species, uh, a very peaceful species that were able to kind of travel through wormholes and find themselves on the planet Earth. Uh, they loved very much the nature here and they enjoyed being on this planet and many of the ancient people saw them hence they carved them or made statues of them of the sphinx or of the you know uh, etc yeah the lamasu yeah, yeah the lamasu yeah. but um through time uh human beings began to capture them and to kill them uh to torment them uh, to even eat them and as a result of that uh, they stopped kind of uh, coming to this planet uh, and uh, also at one at one point in time they were perceived as being uh, uh, angels yes you know yeah. and this is where this 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 idea or this concept comes from that uh, the angels are these winged animal human uh, yes. hybrids because of these beings that used to come to the planet before that are of an extraterrestrial uh, origin. Wow. There's the greys, the typical greys that we know of. They've been visiting Earth for a very long time. And uh, they have a different name. Their name is Ravdek. And the Ravdek, uh, out of all of the extraterrestrial species that are out there, uh, or at least in our immediate vicinity, in our, in our region, um, these are the ones that resemble us the most culturally. Okay. okay? So they do have a sense of humor. Uh, they do uh, have structures in their civilization that resembles very much so the human structures that are here. Um, they, they like to come to the planet for that reason because they have, they find this sense of um, you know, uh, they feel familiar, familiar right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, being here, and uh, and even uh, there are uh, uh, government officials and whistleblowers that have spoken out and talked about how they have the ability to kind of freeze time, and a lot of these uh, greys when they come here, uh, they will freeze time, and and uh, uh, for the family members. And everybody that's in the area, but not for the children, not for the human children. And that will allow them the ability to allow their own children to play with our children without being detected by uh, people that are around. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, that's... 
a little disturbing to think about, to be honest. The fact that uh, this kind of thing uh, can take place, but it, it it makes sense. Yeah, it makes me think of the concept of when children talk about imaginary friends or you know things that the parents have never seen but they've seen, and uh, what could they possibly really be talking about? Yeah, and uh, your husband he had a an encounter with an alien gray, right? Yeah. Did he tell you about it? Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, would you like to share it with the audience? Yeah, sure. Um, he was he was driving. He had been driving for a long time, so he pulled over on the side of the road to sleep a little bit, and he and was. This was in Denmark, right? Yes, I think in Denmark. Um, and he he was sleeping, and then he he saw a gray alien like come up to his window and point his finger at, at him. And then he felt himself wake up, and but in the dream he knew that he was awake. So it was like there was this lapse of time uh, when he was with the alien, and then when he woke up again, and he couldn't move. The alien actually, uh, when he, the alien was pointing at him, he was it was as if he his body was frozen. Yeah, he 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 narrates the story. He says that he was extremely tired. He pulls over in Denmark, and you know, and he looks out the window and he sees that there's this alien gray. It's a typical one, except the jaw's not so pointy, but it's more square shaped. Yeah, and he's as tall or a little bit shorter than the than the, uh, car, the, yeah. than the car, right? Yeah, and 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 so he finds himself like paralyzed. He he has this sleep paralysis thing going on, you know. But he's awake and he looks out the window, and the creature's looking straight at him, and the creature's like pointing his finger at him, yeah. um, and then. The next thing he knows is that he's like waking up, mm -hmm. you know, in his car in the same position, you know, looking out the window, except that there's no alien there, yeah. you know. So, so it made him uh, feel like it was a dream, which yeah. is something that also whistleblowers have said that they have the ability to do to confuse people when they abduct people. They they make it seem like it was a dream, kind of like that. Um, you know that that men in black type yeah, of pin that thing, yeah, uh, thing that they, they do it. right to yes. wipe out the memory of yeah. the person or to make it seem like it was an illusion. And so a lot of people, uh, you know, the, the and, and that's how the extraterrestrials manage in a big part as some of those species to remain undetected is because they um, they confuse people and the people don't know if they had a dream or if it was reality. But uh, pretty much most all visions uh that have to do with alien encounters are real encounters that took place that the people are made to think are uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you know potentially a dream or something but exactly. yeah he was sure that that it felt extremely real. oh no he's absolutely yeah. sure and convinced on that yeah okay so uh then we have another species that existed on our planet a long time ago um and uh, they predate human beings, and uh, they are called the Haitan. And the Haitan are, uh, and they still exist today, by the way. Um, but they 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 existed before us, and they continue to exist uh, until modern times. And the Haitan are uh, what people refer to as Yeti or Bigfoot, the Sasquatch, okay. um, is actually an extraterrestrial species that is very advanced spiritually okay so they're very connected to the earth and they they know how to manipulate the the energies on the planet and from the trees and from the living beings uh, and they're able to open up these wormholes uh, to travel from one place to another and they came to our planet and they they took it as their own a long time ago and some of the bones that are skeletons that are found today uh, that are attributed to um, you know some other form of uh, species like the homo erectus or whatever mm. are actually bones of these haitan okay 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 uh, you know, like the you know certain skeletons that are thought, for example, to be from them or to be from the uh, Gigantopithecus, which is this uh, gigantic ape-type creature that allegedly existed um, before uh, you know modern times. Uh, these are actually uh, skeletons of these creatures. Um, not all of them, but some of them are. 
Okay. And uh, they um, use, they have their own religion, by the way, and they're the ones that are responsible for the this cult of the worship of Saturn uh, on the planet, and that's mm -hmm. uh, that's a very interesting story. And it, it goes along the lines of a long time ago, there used to be an intelligent species uh, that lived on Saturn. Okay. Okay. And they never disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all. Uh, they were a perfect race that followed the divinely appointed ruler uh, by God. And uh, they had made visitations to the planet Earth, um, you know. And when they came from Saturn to Earth, they were met by these Haitan. And the Haitan had never seen a species that was so technologically advanced as these ones. And so when they encountered them, they thought that they were like, like gods or angels, right? Yeah. And uh, so when they were teaching them things, when they taught them things, um, they considered, you know, basically the teachings of those extraterrestrials from Saturn uh, was turned into a religion that the Haitan followed. Okay. Okay. So they saw these righteous beings from, an, from you know, a, another world and they, they took them to be uh, deliverers of a divine yeah. message. Hmm? And, and, and the religion became, you know, uh, basically corrupt. They misunderstood uh, a lot of things. The communication was nearly impossible. Okay. You know? And so they began to... Um, wear things around their fingers, you know, because of yeah, the depictions the of yeah. them describing that their planet was Saturn and Saturn has this ring around it. And uh, so from this uh, extraterrestrial race, um, the Haitan began to depict uh, these certain things. And from that, it eventually uh, spilled down into the human race and human culture whereby people wear rings, you know, to symbolize marriage. Uh, there's rings that are worn on the head to symbolize, uh, you know, authority uh, of yeah. kings and queens. Yes. Uh, they wear uh, crowns on their head, uh, like the crown that's around uh, Saturn, uh, etc. Wow. And, and there's a whole interesting topic that's pertaining to this and its connection with the Kaaba, and uh, the black cube and its association uh, with Saturn, which there's a lot of truth to it. And it's kind of tied into the story, but it's such a long um, topic that I don't want to stray off uh, what we're talking about now. Okay. So in short, uh, these extraterrestrials, they affected the Haitan. The Haitan were existing at the same time or before humans were, but they still exist to this very day. Humans had contact uh, with them and they uh, took from them uh, certain things you know, and it, and it survived until uh, this very day. And that species that lived on Saturn, they were invaded by another species, but it wasn't a physical invasion or war. Uh, it was an intellectual one. Uh, it was a cultural invasion okay. where after making contact, and this is kind of, it happens a lot in the universe. Uh, and that is when, and that's what people mainly have to worry about. Uh, not so much physical invasions where one world is invade or one planet's invading another planet, but when when these two when when the when it, when a species makes contact with another species and and its culture is transported over and 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 its thinking affects the way of thinking of the inhabitants of that planet, and so. Uh, the there was an evil species, you know, so to speak, if we want to put it in simple terms, that affected the inhabitants of Saturn in a negative way. And okay. uh, this invasion, this the of thought of culture, uh, 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 made them in the end self destruct. They destroyed themselves, and they started. Um, building weaponry that uh, basically destroyed their planet and turned it into a, uh, uh, you know, a place that cannot be inhabited anymore by 
uh, you know, creatures. Well, that's really fascinating. So basically, some you know, in in our world, uh, nations, you know, in, invade other nations, or they they're at war with each other. So the same thing is happening on a grander scale. Uh, it seems yeah. in, in the universe. It's like it's like the United States is trying to uh, spread democracy in different areas. You have other planets that have their own ideas of how. Uh, and systems of governance and when these ideas are spread into particular uh, regions or planets it, it, and the result is destructive yeah yeah well. so yeah and then uh, those creatures that were believers uh, they were raptured uh, so to speak and they were taken to a new planet uh, that they inhabited um, and they still you know live on to this very day um, so that species did survive, but now they're on a, a different planet other than Saturn. And by the way, in our uh, in our immediate solar system, there is no other intelligent species except for the species that are here on Earth. Okay. 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 Uh, there used to be, but not anymore. There used to be on Mars. There used to be on Saturn. There used to be on some of the other planets, but uh, as of right now, it's just us in our solar system. Oh. Um, any other intelligent species is from other solar systems, uh, you know, that are nearby or far away. Okay. And uh, it's an interesting uh, fact also to note that the the people at that time, uh, when that uh, catastrophic uh, event took place that destroyed Saturn, they they didn't have a ruler over them who was righteous who was their leader who ended up saving the group that went to a, another planet and who warned them against adopting the culture of the invading civilization and uh, that uh, individual uh, ended up actually incarnating on earth as a human being uh, later on um, and so extraterrestrials do incarnate on different planets. Um, the souls of these extraterrestrials and souls in general are not necessarily always bound to the same planet. Even a human being could have an incarnation on a different world in a different uh, place. Uh, and he doesn't have to necessarily, people think of reincarnation as only applying to the same planet, yes. but it's not the case. Uh, they can incarnate in different worlds. And that leader ended up incarnating here uh, as the prophet Noah. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And so now we know that, that yes, some of the prophets and the messengers uh, did have extraterrestrial, um, you know, incarnations or existences. Okay. Uh, another prophet who uh, who incarnated here uh, as a prophet, but that, you know, and that was his first incarnation was as a as a prophet on this planet. Uh, but he actually came from a different a different world. An extraterrestrial soul was the soul of Enoch. Okay. Uh, Enoch, and that's why in the book of Enoch, these extraterrestrials that come from the place that he came from, uh, they were searching him out, and they ended up taking him up and yes. talking to him um and uh yeah enoch idris um it's the same person uh, it's the same person and uh, he used to have a name uh you know when he was on his old planet before he was born here and it was Seh. and uh, his planet was a planet called kutul and uh, it exists in the uh, in the region uh, that is close to the star Sirius. Okay. Okay. So it's in that it's in that region. If you look at Sirius and 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 Earth uh, from a particular area or perspective, uh, Sirius would be in the middle. Um, Earth would be below it, and parallel to the Earth from above Sirius would be the planet Kothod. Okay. And that is where uh, Enoch was from, and uh, he had a lot of Ansar over there, a lot of followers and supporters, um, and they still even uh, remember him uh, to this uh, very day. 
um, on that planet. Okay. Uh, one of the other fascinating things that the the imam said was that the underground, uh, some of these underground structures that people have found in recent years, like the city of Derinkuyu, uh, that is in Turkey, that this is actually uh, a, it resembles like an ant built, uh, you know, yeah, but on, like a, an on a large, uh, yeah, yeah, human scale. Uh, mm-hmm. This was built by an extraterrestrial species that live underground and they still live underground to this very day. And they have mm-hmm. cities that are pretty much underneath every single, um, you know, uh, country in the entire world. Uh, so they exist in great numbers. Uh, most of them uh, were followers. They actually uh, ended up accepting the teachings of Jesus Christ. And so many of them, most of them are Christian. Wow. Yeah. And they followed Jesus and accepted his his message and they're awaiting his return till this very day. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. Like, that's really cool. And it's really cool to hear the truth behind so many of these unexplained phenomena that exist on earth, whether it's like the appearance of creatures or the, you know, the existence of these underground cities and structures. Uh, clearly, there's much more uh, about existence that we just don't know. And uh, yeah, yeah and I, I guess that also answers the question maybe that somebody was wondering, of you know, do the extraterrestrials adopt our human religions, you know, or vice versa? So now we've talked about how some of the religions are basically inventions or misunderstandings of yeah. things that messages from extraterrestrials. And at the same time, sometimes extraterrestrials, they adopt the uh, human uh, religion. That's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, there are also species that are on the planet that are at war with one another. Um, so there will be units that will be sent here uh, that are much like intelligence units, uh, you know, or special uh, ops uh, forces that come here and their mission is to extract a particular object and they ended up uh, they end up getting into a little conflicts with uh, other species on this planet that they are uh, in war with uh, that does uh, take place and that does occur okay uh, there are also these beings called the shafar and the shafar exist on a planet that is very far away from here and they're physically un- incapable of traveling uh, to this planet, um, but they do have the ability to uh, project their consciousness uh, into human bodies and to mm. take them over. And that's what happens uh, with a lot of these advanced civilizations is they may not be able to travel such far distances physically, but they certainly are able to uh, transport their consciousness into any uh, place in the known universe okay. or almost any place in the known universe. And uh, uh, the Shafar, uh, the Imam says, are, are, uh, they have hacked the minds of many high-level government officials and rulers. And uh, one of them uh, specifically was George H.W. Bush. Um, uh, his uh, consciousness was overtaken by one of these creatures and you can tell when somebody is overtaken by one of these species because of their eyes there will be this kind of flashing light type of thing that will uh, go through the the eyes and and there's this old saying that says the eyes are the windows to the soul right yes yes and uh, this is one of the easiest ways that a person can identify if somebody uh, is possessed or um, is inhabited by an extraterrestrial uh, mind or, or consciousness or if the person is a shapeshifter is by looking into the, the eyes they're able to, uh, to tell because it will be off. Yeah. Wow. Um, a lot of them are telepathic and are able to uh, read minds and, and messages, uh, things that you're, you're thinking, and that's their uh, method of communication. And uh, yeah, so I think that for the most part, uh, you know, uh, sums up a lot of the general uh, information concerning uh, the uh, extraterrestrials and uh, although there's a lot more that can be said um, I think we we should probably stop there for time purposes but I 
would like to leave, uh, you know, uh, by mentioning uh, this other creature that exists on a different planet. And it was a fascinating story uh, that I was told by the Imam. And it was a story of a planet that has on there uh, uh, beings that resemble, you know, 100% uh, us. Uh, so, uh, but they're not humans. Okay. But they look like us. Okay. There is no difference. Body-wise. Body-wise, feature-wise, they look like us. But they walk around on that planet naked. And okay. they, uh, their brains are the same as the brains of the, or their level of intelligence is the same as the level of intelligence of uh, animals that are on this planet, right? Okay. So like rabbits and, 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 and you know, and, and cats and dogs and things like this. This is how the, the, those beings that resemble us act and behave on that planet. Yeah. And there is an intelligent species that inhabits that planet, uh, but the intelligent species on that planet resemble rabbits on our planet. Uh, but rabbits that wear clothes, that speak, have a language, have a culture, have civilization, have homes, have jobs, have, uh, you know, things like this. And, and their pets are the humans. Okay. So it's a, it's a reversal, wow. you know. Uh, so, yeah. Wow. Anyway, thank you so much, Tiffany, for joining me today. We'll, we'll pause there. And inshallah, we'll, we'll in the future make the third and final chapter uh, dealing uh, with this topic of extraterrestrials. Thank you so much. This is a very, very fascinating topic. And thank you for everything that you've taught me today. God thank bless. You. God bless you.